everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. A normal episode of this show, we watch a movie, we get together, we talk about it. It's really that simple. But this is not a normal episode. This is a special, this is a countdown episode in which we are going to talk about a top list of some kind. And in this particular case, it's going to be the top 10 time travel movies uh, as voted for by us. <laughs> Basically, we sat down, we talked about it. Now, sometimes, a lot of the countdowns won't be like this. A lot of the countdowns, the top 10 of the decade that we did uh, back in December, January time, that was, we both had our own top 25s and we revealed them back and forth and it was like a fun discussion of revealing our favourites. Because mm -hmm. this is such a small pool of movies and because it's only a top 10 and we'd have a lot of the same movies, I, I think it's fair to say like with the exception of maybe like one like maybe our tens we would have had the exact same movies yeah i think so yeah so you know so we decided to do a combined list for this uh we also had another rule which we decided and this was after kind of assembling it a little bit we decided to not do more than one movie from the same franchise just so that you know especially since it's only a top 10 and you're mm -hmm. thinking well why not make it a top 20 then so you can you can have all the the, the multiples of franchises but there still wasn't quite enough to really feel confident about a 20. So, top 10, no repeats from the same franchise. So, so just take one representation from a franchise as representing all the good ones in the franchise. We also had an interesting discussion of what constitutes time travel for this list. Like, do we include people who go into cryosleep and then wake up later? Yes, which <laughs> I, I firmly came down in the it does not count. So Demolition Man, unfortunately, was jettisoned from the running. But yes. let it be known, it was in the conversation briefly <laughs> before that rule was made. <laughs> let it be known. So we'll do our top 10, we'll reveal them, we'll talk about each one, why it's here, why it's good, blah, blah. At the end, we'll do some sort of notable mentions of other things that didn't quite make the list. And that's basically it. Uh, we actually reviewed almost all of these in some capacity. Uh, there's two notable, there's three notable exceptions that we haven't, uh, for different reasons. One's because one's not actually a sci-fi movie, but <laughs> not really, but we had to count yeah. it for the sake of this. So, and that's actually the one we're going to start off with. So number 10, Tara, would you like to reveal to the audience, my glamorous assistant, what number 10 is? My pleasure. Number 10 of the top 10 time travel films is Army of Darkness. That's right, baby. Evil Dead 3. Bruce Campbell. Hail uh, to the king. Yes. Shop shop smart. Shop S smart. Uh, <laughs> so obviously this is a horror franchise. It's a horror sequel. But this is the one where he goes back in time to medieval times and helps a castle full of uh, simpletons, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's mm -hmm. harsh. That's harsh. Old-timey folk. Uh, fight back against uh, the, the army of the dead which he kind of himself inadvertently uh, raises because he's too cocky and doesn't bother remembering the phrase that he's supposed to say when he gets the Book of the Dead. And that raises you know all the bad is? guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Klaatu Varada Nectar. Oh. Do you know where that comes from? Not the Necronomicon? Um, well, I know it's also in The Day of the Earth still. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> An actual <laughs> science fiction movie. It is. One we've actually reviewed. Uh, so yeah, Army of Darkness is of course a time travel film, and it's otherwise it wouldn't be on this list. But 
there is a lot of things like the way he arms all the people to help like mm-hmm. fight against the army are all like stuff he, he happens to have in his car and because mm-hmm. he happens to have like a chemistry textbook because in the original evil dead i think they are technically students even though by the time evil dead 3 happens it's been like you know 14 years so you know he, he's like yeah, 35 Bruce Campbell is, uh, <laughs> i mean good for him for you know sticking with trying to get his degree but <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the weird thing. Is that there's not really may have been any time passed between the three movies, but it's actually yeah. been like 15 years in real time since they shot the first one and then the third one, but whatever. How do you feel about this movie amongst the Evil Dead trilogy? I like it a lot. Uh, I, I think the first one is this really noble, gritty horror movie attempt. Two is mm-hmm. the one that really becomes Evil Dead. I think two is the better movie, but three is the one where he's actually really the Ash that we all think of when we think of Ash. You know, it's not—it's like over the course of the three films, he becomes the kind of almost comical Ash that we think of. When we, so, so when they did the TV show over the few years, they did that. Yeah, that's the Ash we have in that show. It's the one that was kind of created by the third one. Sure, I've never watched the show, but I still—I mean, I agree. I think when I think of Evil Dead, I think of Evil Dead Two in the you know the cabin in the woods setting, but. When I think of Ash, I think of Ash from this movie, the comical Ash. Yeah, the, the one where he's, he's, he's funny in Evil Dead Two, also, but this one is like yeah. full on comedy. It, well, he's, he's got all the one letters. He's kind of cheesy. There's a you know he takes the you know he's, he's got the woman in the sort of kissing position, and he's like, <laughs> it's such a strange place to take the sequel. Also, yeah, and he's like you know hail to the king, baby. He goes in for a kiss, or or like you know there's all these little cheesy things. And what's so weird about this is I, I've brought this up when I've talked about this other film, but. Uh, Oz the Great and the Powerful, which Sam Raimi also went on to direct, just copies the plot of Army of Darkness. It's the exact same plot. Oh, really? Except that movie's really bad. It is. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but see when you stop down and break it down, uh, so instead of going back in time, he goes to Oz, obviously, but other than that, he goes to this, you know, magical land where we're primitive tech. He goes on a journey to like try and like solve the problem. It doesn't work. So he has to come back and train everyone to fight what's coming. And he, he basically makes the whole thing work with like a trick. Uh, from his own like technology and stuff, uh, like it's it's the plot of Army of Darkness, just with James Franco and lots of goofy Oz-looking characters. Yeah, not a good film. This no. one, however, pretty good movie. I really good like film. this one. Um, I think it made my top ten. Also, it's not really one that you think of when you think of science fiction time travel films, but I, you know, it counts. Yeah, it is. It's, it's totally a time travel movie, uh, and. I, I'm someone who actually, I prefer the theatrical cut because I think the the director's cut actually feels like it, it slogs in places, even though it's already a kind of a short movie. That said, though, the ending of the director's cut is definitely the more fun ending. But that said, though, if you have the ending of the director's cut, then you can't have the TV show. So it can't canon, it can't be the canon ending. Okay. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what the director's cut ending is? No. is this, no. Okay, so the director's cut ending... He goes, like, they've solved how to send him back to his own time in his car. But when he wakes up in his car, I mean, spoilers here, I guess, for the director's cut. <laughs> uh, he wakes up and he's went too far and he's in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, and he's like, you sent me too far! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a funny ending. Yeah, it's a funny little joke ending. Uh, whereas, but I do enjoy the original ending, though, which is him back in S-Mart and he's, like, fighting a, a deadite yeah. and, like, and again, he kisses like the, the checkout girl. He like grabs her and kisses her at the end. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. it's a fun movie. So, yeah, Dars, I agree. Uh, it's hard to, you know, keep Bruce Campbell off any list of best of. Of course, uh, uh, that He's chin, best. the chin to die for. <laughs> so, 
yeah. All right, why don't you tell us what number nine is? Number nine is a movie that probably most people haven't seen. I only saw it because Peter made me watch it. It's called <laughs> La Jetie. Yes, it is the French short film. And I know you were, yeah, I mean, maybe you're saying this should only be feature length, but tough. It's here because <laughs> I, I think it's a really good movie. And it's the movie that is actually the, I mean, 12 Monkeys, is, I'd practically call it a remake of this. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you could say it's inspired by it, but it really is just kind of a remake. This, you know, it's like. I mean, this is more of a love story than that film is. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's just because this this comes across as uh as Tara's cat's cousin chaos. I don't know if that's just because this comes across like the romance actually works better. Uh, but it's all told in still images, which is narration. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, the images are so good. It's you know it's about this this post apocalyptic future where everyone's like living underground and but they're trying this technology. They're, they're doing tests on this one man to see if they can send them back to like maybe try and like fix everything. It's right uh, because World War Three happens and yes. It forces people to live underground and the image it's weird to say it's like stunning cinematography for a, a movie that's all still image but all the images are, are really striking yeah. and has that cyberpunk feel maybe one of the earlier examples of it of what's more familiar now um and it is very uh, i don't know how long it is it's not very long i think it's not available on youtube for free and in that brief period where you're just watching images it's very easy to like also fall in love with the mm-hmm. with the female in it like it's it's really well done yeah because everything's it's, it's, it's kind of like halfway between a movie and a book because it's all narration so it's all it all kind of mm-hmm. feels like you're reading like a character's thoughts uh as as he sees this woman as he falls for her and he wants to keep going back in time to meet her and again and again uh and of course you know there's, there's the big ending which I, I won't spoil the ending but i think the ending's kind of beautiful and Mm-hmm. uh you know I, I think it really works it's about 30 minutes i think if i remember right i think it's about half an hour and it's you know there's a reason why it was like someone said hey we can turn this into a film movie uh and a lot of people love 12 monkeys they do but i mean we reviewed that of course you can go check out our episode on that and uh, yeah not a fan i have to say uh you were a little <laughs> bit kinder to it but you, you weren't in love with it either i don't think right um no i the re- memory of the movie was a lot better than the rewatch unfortunately so if yeah. you're expecting to see it on this list sorry yeah it is, I know it's a bit of a cheat to say that it's format kind of adds this kind of ethereal quality to it because it's like well that's not really fair because most movies don't do that but yeah but it does like see when you're watching it and you just hear this narration it feels very thoughtful narration mm-hmm. uh, as, as all these images play out it feels it feels oddly intimate I guess in a weird way yeah yeah I, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's a very unique feeling movie. Uh, it's one that I saw because it was on, uh, it was on a streaming service called Mubi, uh, for a while. It's kind of a Criterion S service, but there's only like thirty movies at a time, and they, they, they rotate, and it's like they're, they're curated. So they like, and that was one of the ones that was up there, and I I watched it, and it was kind of like, well, this is actually really fantastic. This is quite, very impressive. Uh, yeah, impressive is a good word for it. Yeah. All right. What's number eight? Uh, number eight is one I think everybody expects. It is Primer. Yeah, the the movie that confused an entire generation uh, <laughs> of, of film goers. Uh, so yeah, somehow that's... not as confusing as the director's second film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is fair. That is totally fair. 
Uh, Primer is, I, I think, you know, we talked about this a lot in the episode where we reviewed it, but I think what I love about Primer more than anything else is, is this little cheap can-do film that just said, what's a relatively realistic way that someone might discover time travel? And it's by accident, mm-hmm. it's a byproduct of something else that they're trying to do. And yeah. then they just start exploring what they can do with it. And it just, all the pratfalls they fall into and the temptations just start to, you know, crumble and like build up and uh, is ultimately their... Uh, demise may be a strong word, but, uh, you know, it presents it in a really obtuse manner to be confusing. Maybe more than it needs to, but you do feel a little bit like like you've accomplished something for understanding it when you get to the end. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've brought this up also, but I think it's, it's the it's a film that makes you want to better yourself in order to understand it more mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i have to up my game in order to say that i watched primer and i enjoyed it yeah i feel like when you're done watching it you kind of want to post that image of uh william defoe from uh, spider-man i'm something mm-hmm. of a scientist myself you know like <laughs> <laughs> uh very few things make me want to post that but that and chernobyl the two things that come to mind where i'm like you know i'm something of a scientist myself i feel like an expert yeah yeah after i understand things yeah Uh, Uh, very impressive film for uh basically no budget and i think the um i think the writing is exceptional it it does suffer it's not higher on our list i think because of unfortunately just because of the, the low budget nature a lot of the nighttime scenes which they shoot a lot of just don't look good you can't see anything mm-hmm. um and it's a bit more confusing that it, than maybe it needs to be it, it does have the look of a shunt film a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh but it kind of transcends that in terms of quality because of its ideas and it's it's rating not so much as dialogue per se but it's just it's it's you know it's actual story rating i guess for lack of a better yeah. term uh it's narrative so that so, well worth viewing it's, de- it's definitely one of those uh like film nerd bucket list ones where if you're getting you know if you're at that age where you're like you know in your teens and you're starting to take film seriously and you're you're maybe a little pretentious you don't watch cartoons anymore because you're, you're too old for that yeah, uh put your big you, boy pants on yeah put on primer yeah it's, well, it's, it's basically basically what i'm saying is if you think you're smart and cool and you're into film because you've seen donnie darko uh first of all slap yourself look at look at yourself in the mirror slap yourself and then go watch primer and see what a real indie films like <laughs> and you really hate donnie darko is that a time travel movie also it technically is yes i never uh, even considered putting it on this list <laughs> no i didn't either uh sorry so, guys yeah sorry is it? And, do you know i love i love that those i know that we've got a couple of picks above this that are going to people are going to be like what is this above prayers like the best time travel movie of all time what are you talking about but you i mean, like our next movie yeah we've argued our case <laughs> And it's here, you know, it definitely deserves to be represented here. And, you know, maybe yeah. once after another 10 years, if we get another, you know, half dozen good time travel movies, we can come back and revisit this and reconsider where things lie and, and whatnot. But, you know, we, you know, we spent a lot of time in the, our first year uh, doing time travel movies to sort of, you know, cross off some blanks that we hadn't seen, mm-hmm. or at least one of us hadn't seen. And uh, But yeah, but Primer was one that you hadn't seen and you had to. There was no way we could do a, a top 10 <laughs> yeah, time travel. Yeah, it not. was one that I had heard of um since it had been released i think like it's just one of those films that people talk about have you seen primer it's actually really good <laughs> like yeah. okay and yeah you know, they're right it is really good and the time travel science fiction side especially is very impressive yeah i think what's interesting about this is that there's different focuses of time travel and i think you know looking through this list because army mm-hmm. of darkness for example 
that's very much about just a modern man in a past time and the actual time travel sort of mechanics of it aren't important that's not what the movie's about it's about just this fish out of water idea whereas Ledger T is about like how do you do like a romance that spans time and that's the motivation for all the time travel and then Primer is like this is about the mechanics this is about how Mm -hmm. it works and yeah they're all very different focuses and the seduction of having that kind of power yeah the godlike kind of power you get comes with it yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah you have all these different focuses and I think, I think you know I, I don't even know if I have, as I have a preference but there's good examples of all of them really so mm-hmm. what is number seven Tara and I he- think the <laughs> next example is what happens when you make the most awesome movie about time travel <laughs> and that is Time Cops sorry <laughs> I can already feel the comments like but hey controversy is good like here's the thing right Time Cop, to go along with what I was just saying about all these different types of film, right? Time Cop is the, what if it's like Ghostbusters and there's literally a service that polices time, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying the film's like Ghostbusters in terms of like anything else. I just mean in the sense that Ghostbusters, the concept behind Ghostbusters is, what if like for Ghost there was like a fire department? And that's what this is. This is, what if there was a, a, a police time station? Time Enforcement Commission? Yeah. For, for t- <laughs> yes. <laughs> for, uh... <laughs> For crimes that are committed in different time, and I'm phrasing it that way because I don't want to accidentally name drop another film that's coming up. So, um, <laughs> so it's a schlocky Jean Claude Van Damme action movie with time travel mm-hmm. that does the whole thing where you know his wife is killed at the start, but then of course, it's a time travel movie. So, like, because uh, the poster even has the tagline, like, it's like uh, his wife was killed a year, like you know, five years ago or something like that. But he still has time to save her. <laughs> like, you know, it's something cheesy right. like that. I love it. There's there's so there's something special about this era of Jean-Claude Van Damme films like Bloodsport and Sudden Death. They're just so they're so rewatchable, you know, they're just so mm-hmm. fun. And I think this one, because maybe because of the sci-fi element and I'm a little bit biased, um, I elevate above those. I just think it's 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 like the perfect kickboxing action movie and yeah, I love it. he does splits to avoid being electrocuted in the kitchen and it's the most amazing oh, yeah. thing in cinema history so oh yeah absolutely <laughs> i uh this was always my favorite because van damme doesn't have you know because obviously when you think of these action stars number one is, is schwarzenegger right and he had the terminator which and the reason why i'm bringing up terminator one and two specifically here and even to an extent maybe a couple of the others but that was like, like it wasn't just all dumb action movies. He had some like really well made movies that had cred. Stallone's the next name that comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. And he had, uh, he had Rocky and he had First Blood, and that was his like real movies. And then he did a lot of schlocky action movies on the name of Stallone. Van Damme yeah. never had that, those big critically acclaimed movies. He he just no, had. No, I would the put him like ones. on the on the same tier as maybe Seagal, maybe a little bit better because Seagal did a lot of, with the exception of Under Siege, like he did a lot of. B movies. I, 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 I think straight I, to DVD ones. I do well, think Vidam. Well, Vidam has been doing a lot of straight to DVD for a long time now. That's basically been the last yeah. like 15, 20 years of his career. But I do think Vidam. Although, oops, I'm dropping things. Apparently, I would, put, I would go Van Dam, um, Seagal, and then Chuck Norris for action movie star tier. I mean, yeah, but apparently Van Dam's director video stuff has actually been surprisingly good. Like, I've heard people I say... I saw JCVD. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I've not seen that, but I've heard a lot of people say it's good. Um, I think Van Dam though, never had those big critical acclaimed films, so... 
I do think Time Cop, at least for me, it was the one that I caught in TV at just the right age, and I just always yeah. kind of loved it. <laughs> it was just, yeah. I don't know, the villain's such a schlocky, like, yuppie. <laughs> oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. Who was uh, it? Was it, uh... Ron Silver, I believe. Ron the, Silver, yeah. Was the villain. That you got Mia Sarah as the, as the mm -hmm. wife. Uh, she takes her shirt off, so that's always fun. Yes, and also Jean-Claude Van Damme with basically a straight face delivers one of the worst one-liners I've ever heard in a movie. What's that? Uh, it's, it's when he, like, I think he like, shotguns someone in the dick and then says, oh, that had to hurt someone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, he's no red brown, but he tried. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> That was a reference for everyone who didn't get that. That was a reference to Robo War, which we just did as a Patreon bonus episode. So check uh, that out. Check that out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tank Cop. Tank Cop's a wonderful, wonderful uh, little schlocky. It's, it's, it, this is the thing. We both grew up in this time period, right? We we have mm -hmm. a fondness for eighties and nineties movies of this kind. We just do because mm -hmm. that's what was played in TV through our childhoods. And Tank Cop was one of those things where you know it was on at midnight. Like on one of the regular channels before I even had cable or anything like that, and you just you discover it, and admittedly, yes, yeah, it's, it's very schlocky by today's standards. But when when I you know at the time it seemed like the most intelligent thing I'd ever seen. It was like, whoa, this movie's blowing my mind. Nobody does the splits in primer. That's technically true. That's technically true. Yeah. Yeah. So no, time cop is is a wonderful wonderful time, and I will. I accept any bad words said against it. How dare you? <laughs> uh, and plus, one of the one of the bad guy henchmen that's chasing the way through the mall's got the, one of the weirdest looking mullets I, I think I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, this is just <laughs> a so many mullets. These guys were taken straight out of a hockey rink and put into costume for the movie. Yeah. Also, it's got that that charm of the future they're in being set in the the, the distant future of two thousand four. Which has self-driving cars with robots in it. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh so yeah, two thousand four, man. That that time came and went. Remember these? Remember these things? All right. That that fact. Time cut was another bonus, a Patreon bonus episode, bizarrely, and mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe the most mainstream movie we've done on a Patreon bonus episode. And it was I our th first one. We didn't know any better. I'm pretty sure we went like nearly two hours on Time Cop. That's how long we talked about Time Cop. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the longest. We've gone on this list also from which we've talked about a film. I'm Clearly straight. we love it. I think I had it a bit higher, but... <laughs> uh, well, when you say you, this is not my list. This is our shared list. You're saying, our, yeah, our shared list. Oh, your individual so. list before we merge them. You... Mm -hmm. It's just a good time. Time cop. <laughs> yes, good plus, time cop. Plus, Keith from uh, The Righteous Gemstones has a poster of this. So. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, no, I would love him. no. He was staying at Thingy's place. That wasn't his place, so mm -hmm. that wasn't his poster. I like to think it was a mutual, sure decision. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, what's number six? Number six is a movie that I had way higher, but we compromised. <laughs> it is Edge of Tomorrow. I love how you have to tell them that. See, see what me and Connor do merge less. At no point do we ever really sort of have well, to get we, in there. Oh. We reviewed this one on. The ace, and I gave it a ten. I'm pretty sure. You did. <laughs> so clearly, yes. it was going to be higher on my list. You did. Um, and when I tried to bump it down, she tried to guilt trip me, going, "But Bill Paxton's in it." 
And I'm like, Don't, how dare you? How dare you try and wave the Paxton flag to, to get me to budge? Yeah. Bill Paxton always adds at least three points to a film. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, no, it's a great movie. Obviously, we actually had a healthy debate about whether a time loop movie counts as time travel. And we, we did come down and decide that it, it does technically count because there's there's time traveling happening mm-hmm. <laughs> on, a, on a recurring basis. Uh, Are you going to bring it up? No, I'll, I'll talk about Marvel Mentions. We don't have to talk about it here. Uh, but if we include time loop movies, let's just say there's another one I was fighting for, which Tara, put the foot down. That was what I was told <laughs> repeatedly. The foot is down. <laughs> no way. Edge of Tomorrow is going on. I mean, it is a science fiction film. Yes. Well, I was trying to kick off Edge of Tomorrow. Our main artist would be the one that got the shaft. <laughs> if I'd got my way. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, anyway, Edge of Tomorrow, yes. Edge of Tomorrow is, a, you know, it's fun with its mechanics. It plays with it in a different way to the other Time Loop films that came before. <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise has got a wonderful arc where he starts off as this cowardly, wonderful. you know. And it's one of these things where, I, and I said this a lot in the review, but I love how you have this advantage because of the mechanic to tell a story in a way that most movies don't get to tell, where by the end of the film, and I'm not going to get into spoilers here, don't worry, I just, but... He kind of has earned the respect that he was faking that he had, even yeah. though the, the other characters in the film never really know that he did all these things to earn it. But he's earned it in our eyes. So he, you know, he, it's, it's, it's a wonderful trick, essentially. Yeah, but. no, I agree. I think it's it's so well written, well acted. Uh, it might be my favorite Tom Cruise performance. And I love Tom Cruise. I know he's crazy. I don't care. I, I always enjoy watching him on screen and... I think his arc is just so it's so believable and it's there's something so satisfying about somebody making the perfect day like retrying over and over again like a video game in order to to attain that because I don't know about you but I think about like I could have done that different you know (laughs) almost every day if I can do this perfect this podcast perfect every time. You know, we might still be reviewing the day the earth stood still. <laughs> Excuse me. We do record this podcast perfect every time. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm my harshest critic, but <laughs> I love I, I love this film. I love the um, I love that mechanic being used in a science fiction story to tell how this overarching war that's going on, intergalactic war. And it's also a pretty sweet love story. That I know you weren't as into, but I really bought by the end. Nah, the romance, the romance element is the weakest part, is what dragged it down for me. So, mm. uh, but we could disagree on that. I still think it's a very strong film. Um, admittedly, you know, this is one that Tara, you know, I, she's she's saying I pull it down as if hers was the baseline. It, you know, like I had it lower and she dragged it up from mine. So you know, it is it's it's at a place where it's kind of in between where we both had it. So, right. you know, uh, there is and... no. This one had Bill Paxton, so. It does have Bill Paxton, which I, I, I can't fault. We love and miss. We do. We do. He is the best. I feel really bad recently, actually, because uh, I actually messaged you when I was watching this. I was watching the episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, last week, and I said that they had an actor playing someone mm-hmm. who's supposed to be a younger version of Bill Paxton's character from season one in the 80s so it was meant to be bill paxton in the 80s and it was really distracting because no one's as good as bill paxton turns out that was actually his son playing this role oh wow uh, 
and I felt really bad because I, I basically tore it apart. And I looked at it was this was during the review. I looked up who it was and went, "Oh shit, it's actually his son." Now I feel kind of like a dick. But at least all my opinions about his performance were honest because I didn't know that before I did that. That's true. <laughs> so once again, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I think it was. Think well, it was with the power of CG, <laughs> maybe Bill Paxton will come back to the films. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, so we're halfway through the list. This is a perfect time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So, thank you very much to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Zammer Jammer, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, and Brett Williams. They're all Patreon producers, me and their $20 or above on patreon.com slash TV. But you don't have to support us for $20. You can, you, you, you have to, you know, you don't have to splash the cash at that height. You could go much smaller on that. You could do uh, much more affordable. Can't they, Tara? That's right. <laughs> if you enjoy our show and want to get more content, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And donating as little as $1 per month will get you bonus episodes of The Ace. We tend to do a lot of B-movies, but sometimes some A-listers like Time Cop slip in. So make sure you do check that out. And if you donate as little as $5 per month, you will get access... Sorry, spaceship taken off. You will get access to um, a vote that we do once per month. And you will get our shows one day early. And some other shows you'll get a week early. So, thank you. Um, boy, I bet you wish you had a glass of water right now. <laughs> you sure chose the right time to eat. <laughs> Just do the next number. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to the list. Top 10 time travel films continued. Our next one is Los Cronos Criminis. Time Crimes. <laughs> oh, <yeah>, very fancy. <laughs> By Nacho Vigalondo. Yes. Um, this is such a wonderful find. This was someone that mm -hmm. I just randomly stumbled into like a number of years ago. And when we were starting to talk about time travel movies, it was like, well, we have to do this. Like, I have to show Tara this movie. And you loved it. Uh, so clearly... I did. yeah. I, 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 I rated it very about. high when I watched it. Um, it was just such a unexpected, like, gem. Something I... I, I don't want to say I never heard of it, because I used to work in a video store, and I remember seeing the the like the cover art for it and i thought time crimes that's interesting but it looked like a horror movie and it looked like a bad horror movie like a guy mm. with a bandage around his head and a knife in a trench coat and i didn't really think that it was a movie for me even though i do like horror but i uh, i don't know i never looked into it but the the cover arts you know i, I stared at it a lot <laughs> yeah I, I don't even know what you could do to like give it a better cover really because there's nothing else in the movie. That's definitely visually the most striking thing is like uh -huh. the bandages, you know, kind of character. Uh, I don't want to say much about it in terms of plot. I don't, I don't want to spoil a thing. This is one of these movies that's kind of like a puzzle. Uh, so when you watch it and you sort of realize how the time travel element, which is obviously there. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's very intricate and it's, it's one of those things where you start to predict the twist that's going to throw at you, but it's in a very satisfying way because it, start, it's, it starts to like set it up for yelly on mm -hmm. so once you start to get the trick you start to sort of predict things a little bit and then it adds little like side like twists onto it where you don't see those ones coming it's sort of you know it, it, 
it plays with your expectations and yeah it's I think very it's, really... it's very clever i think the fun thing about this is that our lead guy in the movie is just such a like schlubby nobody like he's just anybody's neighbor <laughs> oh yeah he's not a movie star and he's not doing, and this is not a performance i'm talking about he's actually he's perfectly he's fine as good, an actor yeah, yeah. But he he's not like of, a movie star. He's, he's, he's like just a normal, like anybody who accidentally... Yeah. He's no one special. He I don't know what he does for a living. He seems to have a, a wife that loves him. But he just sort of accidentally falls into a time machine <laughs> and gets caught in this loop where he's <laughs> trying to correct things. And it's uh, it's really well done. It's um, and it all starts with what would, what would lure any man into some sort of weird time travesty. He's bird watching? Yeah. It starts with boobs. He, he sees some boobs through some binoculars. <laughs> And I just it popped it back in my head how when he does this, he actually gets up and like repossesses his chair. Yeah. So, so, he, so he's got the best vantage point. He's like, all right, this is my afternoon now. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's it's really it's really fun. Well actually the first it, it's sort of like has like three different genres like in the beginning it seems like this uh mystery slash comedy and then it goes into like a horror and then it yeah I would becomes say, like straight sci-fi i'd say it's like a zany thriller for the first yeah. like 20 30 minutes and then it feels like a horror movie mm-hmm. and then it goes yeah far more kind of like complicated sci-fi in the last chunk yeah yeah really special film yeah no i agree uh, i highly recommend people check it out obviously if it wasn't obvious it's a spanish film <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So uh, feel free to, to check it out. Uh, so that is Time Crimes. Tara, what is number four? Uh, it's a movie you've probably heard of. Uh, it's called Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Is this the first time you've gotten to officially talk about a Star Trek thing? I think so. I'm oh, a little, no, we, like, I don't know, overwhelmed. No, when we did the top 25 of the decade, you did technically bring up some of the newer movies, but those are the newer ones. This is the real Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, directed by Leonard Nimoy, by Spock himself. Yeah. It's a it's a fun film. Like, the the crew of the Enterprise, who are all still together for some reason on the same ship, they, uh, well, not this ship, they're on a, they're on a... Um, Klingon ship. Klingon ship in this one. Uh, they come across a alien that's about to destroy Earth because it wants to communicate with whales. But whales don't exist anymore. So this is very much a Save the Whales Foundation um, funded Star Trek movie. But it turns out it's just very whimsical. It's a lot of fish out of water with our favorite characters. And it's so it's really fun. And it's really, I don't know, I, I think it might be the best Star Trek movie. I go back and forth all the time between this one and five. And well, well, I, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on, I've got some colourful metaphors to describe my reaction to that. <laughs> five is just such... I, I'm just a Shatner fan, okay? And Five is just this perfect little slice of the mind of Shatner. To quote a movie so that I watched last night, Holy Shatner. <laughs> Holy Shatner, what movie is that? Uh, it's a John Ritter uh, sort of comedy, kind of a sci-fi in a way. Uh, uh, a bit more. Vanity. but it's basically john ritter and his wife get sucked into an evil satellite dish mm-hmm. uh and they're basically going through different because the, the whole his whole character is that he's addicted to tv and she's like about oh to yeah i know the, i know this movie yeah stay tuned yeah yeah, uh, so okay, they're, they're, yeah. eugene levy's in it and uh they're basically like they, ha- they have to survive 24 hours going through all these tv shows or, yeah but the game uh, shows are like super deadly and <laughs> yeah 
the devil can or, or the devil will get their souls but if they yeah. can survive they get to go back to earth should have uh, brought a fiddle instead would have been but easier there's a, there's a full on star trek one where he's he's got a bald cap he looks like a picard like it's very because it was it came out in 1992 so a lot of the ref because it references wayne's world it references mm-hmm. like stuff from the time uh really specifically so we had to you know really go if we're gonna i don't know talk about star trek because we can only have one from each friend from every franchise mm-hmm. so do we pick voyage home or do we pick um first contact both fantastic time travel and i think the the first kelvin jj abrams one was also in contention but i don't know i like i mean that one's really great no no. you brought it up it was never in contention (laughs) okay yeah you're right (laughs) let me put that out there (laughs) i do think that movie's great um it's a very fun star trek film for a different reason because it's full of action and adrenaline uh this one is not but it's still really really fun this one is delightful this one has computer uh it also has uh <laughs> looking for nuclear vessels uh vessels vessels yes there you go uh it's got all and that stuff uh spock mine mills with a whale and uh <laughs> yeah and i actually i mean i guess mailed spoilers but i kind of like that the kind of love interest from the, the present day 1984 or 86 mm-hmm. ends up just like coming with them like they actually yeah. bring her to the future it's kind of it's kind of a nice uh you know and th- so this is kind of uh in the army of darkness style well the time travel itself is the mechanic that gets the movie set up but it's really more about having these characters in a different setting obviously it's the opposite army of darkness because in this case it's like the the future ca- coming to our present day and being the fisher awards which again is a fine template for a time travel movie mm-hmm. uh but that's that's very much what it is uh, and spock's not really himself you know it's mm-hmm. he's just after the search for spock where he's been reborn so he's still going through all of his katras and yeah. his journeys and i mean i'll it's... say it, this is definitely my favorite star trek movie uh, okay i have no doubt on my mind about that but yeah uh, like i said i go back and forth yes with five with five yeah <laughs> all right what is number three uh i know we said no cryo sleep uh but number three is planet of the apes well that's because there is time travel there is time travel uh spoiler if nothing else <laughs> well this is this is the weird thing yes you have to kind of spoil the end of the movie to know to you don't really know that really that there's been time travel until the <laughs> twist ending happens and then obviously the sequels kind of compound on like that the, that's what's happened but uh yeah obviously this is the story of charlton heston and his crew going through some kind of wormhole or something Taylor. and ending up uh in the future and look everyone know like I'm not going to do spoilers for the whole movie, but spoilers for the twist of Planet of the Apes, since everyone kind of knows what it is anyway, right? And if you don't, I've warned you to skip ahead. If you wait, if you don't, you have a very rare gift. Yes, you have Make a rare sure gift. Make sure that yes. you go watch it. <laughs> Turn this yes. off and go watch it. Yes, but you know, as we find out, it is the Earth in the future, and uh, you know, the, the distant, distant future. So mm-hmm. it is a time travel movie, and this this was actually one that we debate. Like I was like, I don't know if we should count this necessarily because it's kind of. But then again, the entire twist and everything he learns and everything that he's been kind of like fighting yeah. for, it all kind of comes crumbling because it turns out it's already happened. So even though the time travel element is the twist, it's so important to the entire fabric of the movie that it mm-hmm. is definitely a time travel movie. It's just this. Uh, so yeah, and yeah. you know it, we think 
in the in just this film, it's time travel by cryosleep. But the second film and you know the subsequent third film is also. I mean, they basically retcon and say, "Whoa, well, was that some well, I, well, type actually, of vortex wormhole well, thing that they went through?" Now hold on, it can't be time travel by cryosleep in the first one. Even in the first one, they acknowledge that technically they've only been asleep for like uh, only a few months. Yeah, but I they think. never think it. They never bring up like, "Well, we must have time traveled through some other method." Well, no, but they still have to have done it because otherwise they wouldn't mm -hmm. have gotten to this part of time we get our explanation in the, yeah. in the second film but it still definitely has to be time travel once you get to the ending definitely because because it's not like they're saying this is you know this this all happened in a couple of years no we're like at least a century probably more mm -hmm. than that into the future uh you know we're... i think like yeah i was i i don't know i can't remember they do give a date the sequels probably solidify it once they get to some some of the later stuff uh this is when we also reviewed though, so we, we spent a long time talking about Planet of the Apes and uh, sure all did. the things that, that make it. It's one of these interesting things where I think part of why I was hesitant to not include this one is because the science fiction of Planet of the Apes that really makes it great has nothing to do with time travel. It's, it's all the other things. It's, it's, you know, it's all the mm -hmm. social commentary. It's all the stuff that happens on the planet and what it says about society. The time travel is just a kind of a mechanic, but ultimately I... Because I, I, Tara really wanted it here, and I ultimately kind of gave in because the twist is such an important part of what makes it what it is, but also makes what makes it so memorable. That's what everyone talks about when it comes to it, to the point where they even put it on the front cover of most of the DVDs for some <laughs> stupid reason. Um, that, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it is time travel. It's someone who's went to the future, and unfortunately, we've messed it up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the wonderful thing about it, is that the whole film, you're following... Taylor, Charles and Heston's character, who's not really that likable. He's sort of arrogant and is a bit of an asshole and he's taking his whole situation a little bit too well, I think, because he likes being in the survivalist, um, I don't know, world. And he's, uh, you know, because of the twist ending, he just is realizes we're not as great as we think we are we're not as uh we're we're just as fragile as any other species you know we're we're not as um smart as we think or as great as we think like we could easily destroy ourselves and are maybe on that direction on that path and i think because of the you know the commentary of what it says about humanity makes it like just one of the best science fiction films ever and yeah, launches a fantastic franchise Mm. there you go number three what is number two number two um probably the film that most people think of uh back to the future back to the future indeed which uh we, we mentioned in the last review actually if you if people uh, watch that one uh that we actually did try to review back to the future and the, ep the episode was kind of cursed and we tried to do it a second time but it, it was only like a week later so we were just kind of like recreating what we said already and it felt so unnatural that yeah. we said no we have to we have to let time pass and come back to it at a later date when we don't remember anything we said so obviously we're going to review the back to the future trilogy at some point and this is another one where you know debatably one of the sequels might have also scraped out of the top 10 but you know no we'll just go with the first one uh, keep keep it limited to one per franchise mm -hmm. um yeah, Back to the Future is basically a perfect film. It's it's perfect, and it is in many ways the perfect exploration of time travel in the most broad sense, in that 
it deals with the fish out of water stuff, which we've talked about in some of these other things. Mm-hmm. But bringing in the parents, bringing in the whole idea that Marty almost erases his own existence is because this is the thing. There's been so many movies that we've talked about where time travel is one facet of the whole thing, but not necessarily what makes everything tick. In this mm-hmm. movie, everything that happens is about the time travel. It's it's about him almost not existing, right? Because he interferes with events. That's caused by time yeah. travel it's his mother falling in love with him and that's icky because of time travel <laughs> it's how do we create this amount of power which is hard to do because of time travel like you know everything and even the way he interacts even the way he like beats biff back with the skateboard is because of time travel like everything is because of the time travel and on top of that you have wonderful characters you yeah. have fant- one of the best movie scores of all time you have something that's so light and fun but has so much like weight in its raw storytelling. Uh, Back to the Future is basically a perfect film and I don't know how to argue anything else. <laughs> it's a great movie about like about family also. Like it's sort mm-hmm. of I mean obviously it's about family but about you know knowing that your parents were once just like you and because of your existence you've made them better. You know they've been able to become better people and i mean like i i'm sort of stealing what you said in the review and <laughs> tried to do it but like <laughs> i was going to say case, I, I seem to recall a 10 minute no no you could do it but i just i was, I was just thinking of ahead i seem to you reminded me by saying it like yeah i had like a good 10 minute monologue about all the intricacies of the family <laughs> and like you know the cycle of family and like yeah and it was really and good that's why it stuck with me <laughs> yes yes feel free yes you could do the condensed version but yeah this is a movie where i mean literally your kid makes you a better person because he goes back in time and makes you cooler and less slutty and <laughs> <laughs> yes and I'll, I'll add on the other point i had though is that he was only able to do that and he only had the strength to do that because the original versions of them did a good enough job that he was better than they were so then right. he was able to go back and make them better it's a yeah. wonderful exploration of that stuff and it's all it's all accomplished through mm-hmm. the time travel and there's so many easter eggs that makes the movie infinitely rewatchable mm-hmm. it's yes. just a blast like and the character's great but Beth's, Beth's a great villain Marty and Doc is like one of the best romances of cinema history yeah so inspired just... a fantastic cartoon knockoff also yeah yeah the fan base of that cartoon knockoff not as much but the the show itself yeah the show is great so yeah back to the future i mean i don't think anyone can argue with it and if you do just question yourself a little bit think about what you're doing with your life and reassess are you directing this towards a specific person no 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 i'm just saying uh don't be uh what was it biff says to mcfly uh don't be all your life, McFly. I can't remember the exact line. Uh, so he's knocking him on the head. Uh, anyway, uh, so that is number two, which leads us to number one. So before Tara uh, tells us the number one, I'm just going to recap the list so far for everyone. So number ten was Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Three. Number nine was Elijah T. Uh, number eight was Primer. Number seven was Time Cup. Number six was Edge of Tomorrow. Number five was Time Crimes. Number four was Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Number three was Planet of the Apes, the original. Thank you very much. Number two was Back to the Future, which leads us to our number one. Tara, would you like to reveal? There is no fate but what we make. It's the Terminator, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Although, technically, that's a mistake in Terminator 2 because it never actually says that in Terminator 1. 
because <laughs> that's one of those things that's always kind of bugged me is that they always say remember the message remember the original message that, that john had for sarah and i'm like he never said anything like that in the first one <laughs> really yeah wow yeah he should have went with a different quote yeah there was some i'll be back <laughs> uh the terminator i mean back to the future is perfect terminator is also perfect <laughs> uh and and it's funny because this was one where at first I was like, "Well, this should be on the list, but maybe it shouldn't be as high because you know the time travel gets them both in, back into like the, the then present day nineteen eighty four But then I thought about the rest of the film because I was thinking, "Ah, but it's more about a killer cyborg and you know all this stuff." But then I thought about it and went, "But like the whole again, there's a reveal later on about." I mean, it's Terminator. I mean, everyone's seen Terminator. Did I talk about Spoiler. it? Spoiler. Okay, wee, wee, spoiler wee. alert for Terminator, right? At least one thing, anyway, is that, you know, Kyle Reese turns out to be the father of John Connor, who is from the future. So, uh, like, all, all of this is all time, timey-wimey, time loop, predestination, all that kind of thing. It's, it's all this this big, big idea. So, like, that all, that all fits into it. But also the fear of the future and the fear mm-hmm. of this, this... Like, every time there's, like, a dream sequence or a flashback from Kyle where we get to see what the future's like, in the the world that he's fighting for and i said this in the review but like once again there's a deleted scene that i wish was in the movie where he sees a flower and starts crying because he's never seen a flower before like i'd put that back in come on jim do the, do, do the extended cut put yeah. it in yeah yeah plus we love michael bean oh yeah he's great he seemed to have disappeared um he had like just a, a i don't know a very short period of time where he was in a lot of great films and seemed to be our next leading guy and then just kind of disappeared but which is a shame yeah I love michael bean oh the cast is perfect him hamilton obviously arnold like all of them are yeah i, I don't know how many people are expecting since we could only pick one from the franchise sure. expecting terminator 2 but we both like the first one just a little bit more yeah. and i think it's just it's such a powerful story of like the fear of technology and trusting giving too much trust into something we don't understand which is a very real thing that we're going through still and um it's it's also like a really really great love story (laughs) edge of tomorrow has this too but obviously this is superior and um also stars bill paxton though just for the record. Also has Bill Paxton. Much smaller so, role. Knocked it up three points. <laughs> um, now, I, like, Sarah Connor has a wonderful arc. Like, she goes from, like, mm-hmm. being too scared to fight for herself to being the one who's dragging Kyle by the end of the On film. your feet, soldier. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful <laughs> arc. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it is ahead of its time. It's, you know, because this is, again, a time in cinema where, like, how many leading ladies had arcs like this in, like, action sci-fi movies or anything yeah. that wasn't a romantic or drama film, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think the... I mean, the sequel, like, a lot of people like that one more, but I think the sequel just um, enhances the first movie because we know where Sarah Connor goes and seeing her arc in this one, her, like, origin story mm-hmm. before it was even supposed to be that. Um, I think it's real... Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a beautiful like love story. It's a very scary Arnold Schwarzenegger and a very cool science fiction dystopian future that we get to see. Um, it's wonderful. Kind of is a it, perfect film. 
Yeah, it's a cyberpunk horror movie, mm-hmm. really. And it's, you know, like, it, you know it, it, it's one of those things where as I was growing up and I was discovering my love of horror and you know, how much I loved the original Halloween, and it occurred to me at some point that one of my favorite movies from even before that was The Terminator and how The Terminator and The Shape, and for those of you who are not horror nerds, The Shape is Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's actually credited as. Uh, look it up. Uh, <laughs> but... He, like you know he's this unstoppable killing machine and there's something mm-hmm. about just that unstoppable force which works for me and i'm not saying that obviously sometimes you want villains to have character right but i love this like just emotionless force of nature yeah. coming after people and what you because know, you can do a lot of thematically with that and what it represents and and everything so uh no i love it yeah and uh i think there, i watched an interview with arnold schwarzenegger and how he was inspired by Yul brenner in westworld Mm. to be to for the cyborg to be completely without emotion and i think it's just all the the love and like and care that went into making sure that this b movie was taken very seriously makes it so great because every every other terminator knockoff that you see is bad and like not just bad but like hokey (laughs) and somehow this movie should be that and it's not and let's face it, the sequels after two haven't exactly done a great job of getting even close to... No, not really. I mean, I mean Dark Fate wasn't bad, but the hey, other ones were... Uh, I mean, Terminator 3, our, our... Was that a two-hour review? It was close to it. Our, our two-hour review of Terminator 3 is one of our most, like... like We, we both hated that movie. Like, we both hated that with every fibre yeah. of our being. It's, it's funny how many people like have the same memory that I did going into it thinking, well, it's not the greatest, but it wasn't bad. It was probably a, a decent sequel. Like, I remember it being kind of good, just not as good as the first two. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's terrible. That's garbage. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad. Yeah. All right. No, this is a rough time. Uh, but so much of it like plays with the, the idea of the future that's to come and the time travel of like what this future could be and that's something that continues as well you obviously we stuck to one per franchise but if i was talking about terminator 2 the fear of judgment day which we know about through time travel and we 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 have these glimpses of what all those things are and um so you know it's just weird talking about some of these films and lists like this because obviously with terminator like we spent almost two hours or some in some cases over two hours on every terminator film and we mm-hmm. you know no doubt when we get to back to the future like i'll just tell you right now that review that we had to scrap because of issues um like we got halfway through it and we were already way over an hour like that that review was probably going to be one of the longest things we'd ever done <laughs> so look forward to that mammoth epic in like three years one day. <laughs> <laughs> look for episode 200 that's what i'm saying because because episode 100 is already uh, a movie's already called dibs in that but all right well you if you don't write it down you'll forget maybe but hey, i haven't remembered what episode 100 is supposed to be okay I decided that pretty early. Okay. All right. I don't remember. You don't remember what it's supposed to be? Don't reveal it now. We're recording. I won't reveal it. Okay. So I won't reveal it, but <laughs> that's why you were so confused and quiet. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, I feel like I feel like I'm waiting for like a response here. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this conversation. Anyway, Terminator. It's number one. That's number it. One. That's our list. That's Pretty list. good that, list, I think. That's our top ten travel, time travel movies. Obviously, we got some other noble mentions. Uh, I don't necessarily even want to say honourable, because I don't even necessarily think 
some of these are that, that good necessarily. I've got some that I want to mention that are good. And Tara's got some as well. And then I think there's other ones that we'll, we'll throw out there. There's just notable examples that we did review that you can go back and check our discussions out on. And then, of course, uh, yeah, then, you know, we'll see what goes from there. But uh, so go on then. Give give me an honorable one that you think is worth mentioning as being good. Um, One that I've liked for a long time and we reviewed it was uh, Time After Time. It's a time travel film where Jack the Ripper is taken to present day, which was like early 1980s, I think, or late 70s. And uh, with H.G. Wells's Time Machine. And we also reviewed uh, the, the 60s Time Machine film, mm-hmm. which um, followed a lot of the same story beats. Which, which honestly was very confusing because I think it was time after time we did second. And the first like twenty minutes of that were so similar that I was yeah, like, "Wait, did I watch like this already?" Scene. Yeah, <laughs> it was very odd, but yeah. But I actually, I really liked that film. Uh, I thought that movie was really good, and I used to watch it. Uh, it was one of my dad's favorites, so I watched it a lot growing up, and um, I still really liked it. But it didn't quite make the list. It's a bit hokey, but I did have fun watching it. Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. my time with it, so I can't fault. Uh, so I'm going to bring up a movie which Tara said was not allowed the top 10 even though we agreed nope. that time loop was was Sorry, time you can't travel. have groundhog day not groundhog day you know fine well where <laughs> i'm going with this i'm going with happy death day because happy death day uh i think is the superior time loop film. i like it more than edge of tomorrow and i know that's probably crazy to some people um and tara tried to argue that it wasn't sci-fi and i'm like no look if we're saying that time loop is time travel right Army of Darkness isn't sci-fi otherwise, but it's got the time travel, right? So, but I'm not salty. I'm not salty. I just want people to know what the debate was. I want them yeah, to know Yeah, okay, they... but Edge of Tomorrow is not just a time loop movie. It's a time loop because of a sci-fi element, because of aliens. <laughs> and their timey-wimey blood. Their well, if you'd seen Happy Death Day 2, you would know that the time loop in that is also because of a sci-fi element. Okay, device. well, I have not seen it. Um, <laughs> I will say that I I do really like Happy Death Day. Yeah. I don't think it's superior to Edge of Tomorrow. Um, but they both have great character arcs. They do. I, I, I love uh, the character arc and Happy and Death Day. one advantage that Happy Death Day does have is that the leading male does have a poster of Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. So, points. From the first syllable in that sentence, I knew exactly what you were going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, second word. But as soon as you said the word advantage, she's going to mention the poster. She's going to mention mm-hmm. the poster. I, I, I knew it. I, I knew loved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's charming. I did not expect to like that movie as much as I did when I went in to see it. Uh, I think it's delightful. It has great character arc, as we said. Uh, it's very funny in places. Uh, and honestly, like, once the time loop sets in... It's not really that much of a horror movie. Like, it, it sort of operates under the guise of being, like, a slasher film, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's PG-13. The kills aren't the important thing. It's not that type of thing. It's it's, it's more about the fun of the time loop. And then the second movie yeah. goes even further with that, where it doesn't even pretend to be a horror movie anymore. So if you're not into horror movies, I wouldn't not watch Happy Death Day because you think, oh, maybe too intense or scary. It's, it's not. It's like... Uh, I would agree with that, yeah. So, yeah, happy birthday. All right, give me another honorable one. What else do you want to give a shout out to for being good? Well, one of the most influential science fiction franchises of all time <laughs> uh, is Trancers, which has a very interesting time travel mechanic of 
going into one of your ancestors and looking exactly like them. Um, Transfers 2 is probably the best of the series. We haven't exactly finished the series, but uh, that one had Richard Lynch as the villain, <laughs> who's <laughs> popped up a lot in our films that we've reviewed, and uh, most notably, probably from the Mystery Science Theater episode, Werewolf. Mm -hmm. He's the Yana Glachi grandma-like character. Love him. And Jeffrey Combs is in it, too. Oh, my God. Star Trek royalty. Anyway, Transfers is not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Star Trek, not not, not uh, reanimator royalty, Star Trek royalty. Genre oh. royalty, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that everyone knows Jeffrey Combs from. <laughs> okay, yeah, but he's also like, he plays a Forta, he plays a Ferengi, he plays an Andorian, like, he's well-loved. All right, all right. Jeffrey Combs is everyone's delightful, kind of sleazy-looking serial killer. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, so Transfers are, is not a good movie. Uh, they're not good films, but they are a blast to watch. And we've been reviewing them on the Patreon bonus episodes. And they are, and I think Transfers 2 is a highlight. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to give uh, Source Code a kind of a shout out. I, th I think people might debate if it's time travel technically. And I would understand why it's a debate. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's more about getting into the memory of someone. Uh, but it, it kind of has a time loop movie quality to it because it, it kind of keeps going through the same memory and try to change things uh and yeah. there's and there's speculation at one point in the movie like uh, you know every time they do this are they technically creating a another parallel universe where something different happened right. um and i, I kind of prescribed to that a little bit so uh yeah. so it makes it pretty dark actually it does make it pretty dark but it also you know i think the ending has its has its moments too has uh, a little bit of a legity quality to it a little bit a little bit uh, but I, I enjoy Source Code. I think it's worth uh, as as the last good film Duncan Jones made, uh, unfortunately um, be before his career. He tanked. made Warcraft, so sick. I my statement yeah. stands. <laughs> <laughs> my statement stands ironclad, unchanged, and unfaltered. <gasps> Poor Toby Kebbell. He keeps trying. <laughs> well, you mean Victor Von Doom? <laughs> and no, Van I mean Koba. Human uh, walk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I think that's worth a mention. I, I think Source Code is worth the uh, the shout out. Uh, I know there's at least one more you want to shout out, so. Uh, sure, I'll take, um, I'll say the final countdown. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the final countdown, I think, is a, a, a fun um airplane pornography film um <laughs> the th well here the thing about the the final countdown that's that's good is that it, it it offers a really awesome like conundrum because of the time travel um it's a little bit underwhelming in its conclusion in that it does it kind of whiffs out <laughs> i just just to say briefly what it is it's a uh, uh, uh you know a, a battleship a carrier yeah, yeah it goes back the in time goes back in time right before Pearl Harbor and they have mm -hmm. I think that's like a, a 40 year time travel yeah distance, and they've got, so. they've got like a day once they realize what they are they've got like a day or so to decide if they want to intervene and try and change history or not mm -hmm. yeah so. and that's you know that's a really intriguing premise and it's got uh, a bit of a cast as well I mean you've got uh, Kirk Douglas and you've got uh, Martin Sheen and uh, definitely yeah there's some names in there uh, the chick from The Graduate <laughs> it's not I can't remember. like 
it, it doesn't quite live up to the potential it could have. That's a lot of what we talked about mm-hmm. in our review of that was like all the stuff it could be. But it's still a fine watch. It, yeah, it, it also didn't really look very good. It was a very like bland looking film. Um, but it's there is something very endearing about the cast being most of the crew from the actual USS Nimitz that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. And you know, I kind of like the airplane porn. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you're an aerophile, I don't know if that's a real word, but uh, you'll be into it. Yeah, you'll, you'll like, love it. Look at all those engines. Especially that wings. refueling scene. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the bit the bit extends out and connects, and it's like oh. Yeah, there's a lot of it, um, but it's a it's a fun movie. It's one that you can watch with your grandpa or some arm armchair historian in your family. Sure. That I think is it's worth watching. Yeah, that makes sense. I think what I want to do just uh, to sort of cap this off is just sort of like a couple of notable mentions from TV, just to sort of make this the definitive time travel sort of thing. I want to recommend uh, the show Travelers, which is, is kind of Trancers meets Terminator in the sense that it's people going back in time by traveling into someone's body. Uh, but what they do is is they, they pick people who they were about to die. So they're not like stealing anyone's life. Like this person was going to die in like 30 seconds anyway. So we're going to jump back, take their body, avert the death, whatever it may have been. And then we've got agents in the past who are going to try and stop the apocalyptic future. Uh, that's that's completely changes into like a post Skynet type world. Uh, it's not actually cyborgs, but you know, just like there's something's happened in the the, the world's climate and everything, disease and all the rest of it. Uh, three seasons, it's all on Netflix. It's really well done. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. There's a lot of really fun, uh, and there's a lot of cool rules which they adhere to throughout the show. Uh, there's one particular episode called Seventeen Minutes where they have to keep sending someone back to try and save the lives of all the main characters. And it, I, some people hated that episode because they thought it was really contrived. I loved it. Me and Connor raved about it. <laughs> uh, I've so heard I, good things, yeah. I'd recommend Travelers. It's a really fun sci-fi time travel show. Uh, do you get any time travel shows or even time travel episode of something that springs to mind? For, for some, uh, Fringe has got a really good one, actually. One of my favorite episodes of Fringe has got a time travel um, Yeah, Fringe is great. Um, there's... Uh, there's a there's a decent episode of the of Futurama that does time travel really well. Um, hey, you know they, what? They can only go forward in time. Hey Tara, this is this is your the door is open. If you want to mention any Star Trek episodes, this is your chance. <laughs> oh boy, I'm not prepared. Um, go back in time. City on the edge of. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. All right. Yeah. It might be the best of the series. Not my favorite, but the best of the series. Yeah, that's an original so, series uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with the gangsters is oh, fun. That's, that's not a tape job. <laughs> that, that's just a planet that's turned into old time. Oh, that's gangster. a gangster planet? Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> not really, but... Cool <laughs> I don't have any other like, time travel shows off the top of my head. I mean, travel is the one that I really wanted to mention. Uh, and Fringe has got a couple of notable episodes. Uh, I mean, there's definitely other examples, of course, but uh, those were the ones that I'd really stuck out in my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's another big TV show from uh, uh, about a decade ago that did have a time travel element eventually, but I don't want to reveal it because it's, yeah, it's a bit spoilery. Uh, I also I want to note that through all of this honorable mentioning, Tara didn't even think to mention that mediocre animated film she made me watch, uh, Meet the Robinsons. Uh, so, 
Just let it be. Well, there's a talking T-Rex in it. It's pretty great. (laughs) Who's got little arms and a really big head. (laughs) Mediocre. That movie was great. (laughs) Honorable mention. (laughs) All right. There you go. I I think that'll more or less do it uh, for us. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the top 10 and some honorable mentions and a couple of other... Mediums. Uh, I was going to say, I was, I was trying to think of any video games that have time travel on it that like stick out to me. And I, there probably is, I just can't think of them. So I'll just move on with my life. Uh, and we oh, will... um, oh. I'll mention one The Ocarina of Time, <laughs> Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Maybe one of the best video games of all time. I think I've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> one of those uh, Nintendo games, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't play games for kids when I was that age. Uh so <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to be a troll, okay? All I actually right. I didn't play it until the three D S remake of it and uh I was it's held up like I, I got it. I got the reason why everyone loved it, why it's on the top of a lot of people's list. Hmm. And you just I played in my 20s. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it's, do you know what? It's been a long ass time since I made an age joke. That, yeah. that, was, the, that, was, the, that, was, that was like a callback to an earlier time. Uh, <sighs> Seems appropriate. For this list. Time travel, yeah. Yeah, time traveling jokes. Time traveling jokes, there we go. There we go. That has been uh, our top 10 and so on. Uh, we mentioned Patreon already, of course. You've got Patreon. Uh, do please like, though. Like is really important on YouTube. Uh, it helps us out a lot, and people, uh, you know, find us through it. So it's the easy, free way to do uh, to support us, and you can obviously support us at Patreon.com/slash/MailFestTV, as we mentioned earlier. Um, I will get Tara to do her pose. In fact, do I have a word that what people say in the thing? Uh, hmm. Hmm. So I've got so many movies to pick from. This is this is uh this is difficult. All right. Uh, if you made it to this part of the video on YouTube, please type in the words flux capacitor. Thank you. Uh, so Tara, are you going to pose for the thumbnail? So I'm going to say three, two, one, say pose. Here we go. Three, two, one, pose. <laughs> we got a generic smile, which means she had no creative <laughs> ideas for anything related to what we're talking about. Should I check my watch that I don't have on? <laughs> oh yeah, we can have both of them look the uh, like you know the, the Marty thing with the, the, the glasses up and like. <laughs> uh, i'm sure you will since uh, you have time to do it honestly that the way i do it i can't use both hands in the pose mm-hmm. uh unless i get creative which i might do if, if, if i really care if i really care about doing it maybe i will but i probably won't this took a lot of effort why would i do that all right i have the crazy dark hair <laughs> <laughs> um maybe once it goes a bit rare uh so there you go. Which I'm sure won't happen for a long, long, long time. Not if I have anything to say about it now. <laughs> Bring out time, the box die. We need a time machine to, to find that. <laughs> decades and decades into the future. Uh, Alright, this is over. Uh, <laughs> the show? Oh, what have I done? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Tara, would you like to promote anything uh, from Mailfuss TV? 
Well, if you enjoy watching sci-fi and episodes with lots of time travel in it, maybe check out our review of the classic Twilight Zone, where mm. we are reviewing episode one from season one until who knows, <laughs> until the end of the end. So, yeah. yeah. You can also <laughs> check, check out our reviews of the, the new Twilight Zone. Yep, uh, those are coming out slowly but surely. Yeah, we're doing working through season two of that just now, and it's not that good. I'll just say that. And <laughs> you, could, you could check out our thoughts on those. Uh, we're a lot more positive on the classic reviews, so check those out. Too. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So there you go. That has been the Talk Center Experiment. Uh, this is actually getting numbered as one of the regular. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter on YouTube because you don't put numbers in the titles on YouTube because it makes people not want to watch things if the number's too high. Mm. Uh, psychology or something. Uh, but if you're just in the like audio comics. feed, yeah you see the numbers uh these don't get numbered because the way i numbered them in the audio versions i never explained this guy i didn't occur to me with the last countdown until i was putting that up but i've I, you know the numbering is actually kind of gimmicky i call it test subject one test subject two for all the movies right so it didn't really make sense to call a countdown test subject something so this is actually our second project no progress analysis is what i called the countdown <laughs> so here we go uh, we all have another countdown at the end of the year. We'll do another big one where we both have our own lists. Uh, probably for a decade. We're thinking top 25 of the 2000s. Uh, going one decade back and uh, doing that. Um, obviously, all the 70s ones that we're doing from time to time will eventually lead to the, the most robust top 70s sci-fi list you've ever seen because we'll have seen them all and we'll be so well informed to make mm -hmm. those decisions that it'll be the best list for the 70s that you've ever seen. It'll be life. the bushiest incredible amounts of bush uh <laughs> oh the 70s my my, my, my streaming uh focal like the reference i just made uh, so uh thank you very much for joining us uh for the show we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction uh and oh yeah next episode we've got a biggie because That's next right. episode oh no no oh did we move it hold on i can't remember if we moved it back or not hold on <laughs> let me just double check i know this is shot this is a shambles right no the next one is not the biggie the next one is the most recent patreon vote winner that's right which is a classic so he's actually further back than the 70s we're going to be doing fahrenheit 451 next week so uh look forward to that uh but thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction guys a computer at salsa i'll be back <laughs>